I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Kia ora and welcome to another Aotearoa Rugby Pod. We're back in the studio, we're out of the virtual world and we are absolutely loving being back to normal. Ross Carl here, joined by James Parsons in studio and down in Queenstown in the bubble, Bryn Hall. Uh, Bryn Hall of the sudden switch play fame for oh, the weekend, Jibber. 42 metre flat ball <laughs> yeah. to create space <laughs> wow. for Will Jordan to then finish it off with Big Lester down the left flank. Goodness How good. Me. Goodness me. Tell me that that was a set play. Tell me that you just didn't do that off the cuff. It actually wasn't a set play. Oh. It, um, it was actually supposed to go, it was actually supposed to go the other way. It was supposed to be an 8-9 going right, but... Um, when that scrum was happening, Will was actually in the pocket and he actually told to switch, to do a switch play. And so I saw Boothy was a little bit high and I was like, well, oh, if I chuck that, he could go 60 metres and go into the sticks um, the other way. But just saw that Braden was open and so I was like, if I get it over the top, we might be in. Um, you go in the right. Woody was actually on the far other side of the field. And then, yeah, got it over him and then uh, Braden got a nice draw pass and then Will went through and Lisa scores in the corner, so I'd love to say that it was all planned, fellas. But um, well, that's, that's even better. Up. It's even better. It wasn't planned because because Boothy was quite high, and you got the ball to Enor. That's the hole that um, Will went through, is where he normally would have been in the inside man. So it worked a treat. Mm. Great heads up, eyes up, footy, as they say. Solid, really solid. <laughs> if you missed it, we're talking about the Crusaders. Lester Fanganuku, who of course scored three tries in that game, and he, one of his tries set up by our very own Crusader, Bryn Hall, against the Hurricanes. It was a really impressive performance, considering some of the stuff the Hurricanes threw at you guys, because you had to hold them up, you had to put up with a bunch of pressure, they didn't quite get over, and you managed to get away with it in the end. It was a pretty solid performance. Now, we're going to have a fair bit of Crusaders in the show this week because we've got a special guest coming in very, very soon. Pablo Martera, the 78-time capped Pumas player. You know, I think he made his test debut in 2013. He's been around this bloke. He's done it all. He's captain Argentina to win over the All Blacks. Now he's a Crusader. So we're going to him a little bit later. He's going to spin us some yarns about what it's like to be here, do huckers and take on Super Rugby, which is a lifelong <laughs> dream of his. So hang on for that. But before we get into that, let's start with our quick fire round. Let's get going. Instead of labouring the points like we've been told that we do, we will get straight into this. Player of the opening round of Super Rugby Pacific for you, Jipper. I have to get a few notable mentions in there, so I'll talk oh. quick. Jordy Barrett, <laughs> Will Jordan, um, Tom Wright, and oh, I can't remember the other one, but I went with Peter Gus, so I'll call it. I just thought, uh, avoiding the try debate, whether he can do that or not, I just think his all-round game, his effort with ball in hand and defence, he was huge. 
I'm going to keep it to one man. I'm going to give it to Leicester Whanganuku. He had three tries, had 14 carries, had 13 dominant carries, which is hard to do in this day and age, and had 33 metres post-contact. So it goes to my mate, Leicester Whanganuku. Did you see towards the end of the game, though, that contact between him and Geordie? Whoa. That oh. was a big hit, <laughs> man. Both of them, both Honestly, of those heads rocked back. I was like, wow. In their game... In that game, it honestly seemed like the amount of times that Geordie and Leicester had contact in that game seemed to be like half a dozen or a dozen because every time um, there was a lot of contact between those boys, um, it was all stalemate. And so oh, it just showed was how difficult both those players are. Yeah. Man, how good was Geordie Barrett? Geordie Barrett was very good and he loves contact. <laughs> he loves contact. That last contact. tackle definitely displayed it. <laughs> okay, let's stick with Leicester Whanganuku then. Is he in all black this season? If there's injuries, yes. But it's log jam in that wing spot. Yeah. Brent? I think if he continues to keep playing like he did on the weekend, I think he will be in definitely in contention. The fact that also he can play centre is big as well. There is a lot of uh, ability through to play wing centre. You know, you've got Rico Ioane, you've got all those kind of guys. He does bring a power game. I know Caleb Clark brings a bit of it, but he brings some serious power, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't know if you'd carry both of them, but they're definitely the one... Probably going for one spot. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose Caleb's got history there, so maybe that makes yeah. a difference. I've already called him for top try scorer of the year, but Leicester's already got three, so I might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there were some fantastic Leicester tries on the weekend. Not enough hooker tries. No, that's all right. We got one on debut, Shiloh Klein. How good? Yeah, very he nice. Did. He did, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, next up, RTS this weekend. Yes. The Blues versus the Hurricanes. Whatever you ask, yes. <laughs> try time for him in yep. his first game. Multiple. Double. Multiple tries. Yeah. I don't think he scores a try. <laughs> hey. Mate, where's the hype, mate? You just took all the hype out of it. No, what I mean, you know how hard it is. No, no, I'm just, I'm being, I'm being facetious. I'm being facetious. And so I look forward, I look forward to seeing how he goes next year on the week. Really looking forward to see Arteus. How he goes. He's not writing any fairy tales. No, 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 no. He's already had his fairy tales. He's had five real, of them. Mate. Will Bryn Hall <laughs> score this? Will Bryn Hall score this weekend? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I don't get the inside balls anymore, Chip. I don't get them anymore. You follow Will, will Jordan, you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay then. Why don't we go straight out of that? Then that's enough quick fire because this can take us to another topic. We've talked about Geordie Barrett. We've talked about RTS. The all-black midfield, second five. We're already talking all-blacks. It's not even round two. <laughs> the all-black midfield this year, we've heard Wayne Smith come out and say that he reckons it's between ALB and also Geordie Barrett. Is Roger Tuivasa-Shek a chance of coming in there? And can you see Geordie Barrett shifting into the midfield internationally this season? Um, I'm not sure, but what I took out of Smithy's comments was pick one and stick with them. And I think David Harvilli's in that conversation as well. Like he, he did mention and reference that he was great form early, but then didn't quite continue that on for whatever reason. But it was a unique sort of travel year. But I, I think all four are good options. But I do take what he says is they need that cohesion of um, Nonu Smith. Do you know what I mean? And, and that time together, they just need to pick someone and then probably stick with it so that they can have that consistency of performance. Or that, I suppose, being comfortable that they've got time to ply their trade rather than being week to week. Mm. I think that's really important, Chip, because I think um, you look at the combination you talked about, Ma'a and Comrade, and the kind of continuity that they had with the years of being able to have that relationship. We're actually not that far out from the World Cup, mm. you know what I mean? So I think 
thing that Wayne did say, being able to pick that, that combination of whoever it is, being able to give us some opportunity and give them multiple tests to be able to figure it out. Because, like you know, Jeff, you know, Martin Nonu and Tommy Smith, you know, first, when they first started, they weren't the proven product. You know, and it was only time of being able to play with each other. And they're fortunate to play the same um, the same club as well um, as franchise level. But um, I think making that decision and then um, trusting them, you know, you know, for example, you look at you know, Bundy Aki and Ringrose for Ireland. Yeah, they're building at that level. You know what I mean. So they'll continue to stick with that, and I think it's going to be the same for the New Zealand team. And it'll be a combination of the twelve and the thirteen who really wants to stand up and grab that jersey and um, you know take the paper that World Cup not too far away. We talked a little about not using up too much energy to get down to the opponent's twenty-two. The fifty twenty-two was used multiple times on the weekend. I have to say, most of the times when it happened, I didn't even realise that it happened until <laughs> the, uh, the little Sky Sport ticker came up that said it was a fifty twenty-two. Um, so. Did you like it as an addition? I felt it was good. Mate, I love the 50-22, all because it adds to the, the defence structures and the teams that work the hardest and have the ability to show different pitches. Uh, you know, if you use the Hurricanes-Crusaders game, like Will Jordan and Geordie Barrett, their backfield cover was exceptional on, on the weekend. Like, I don't think Will Jordan let one bounce once in that first half and even in the second half, every time it bounced once, or Fergus Burke actually was back there a few times, and even if it bounced once, never twice. Mm. And it was the same. Um, uh, Will Jordan put a grubber through, and Geordie Barrett came flying across and picked it up. Um, and that's because of this 50-22, because if you're not having coverage back there and you think you're going to cover it with one man, that, this is the pendulum Br- Bryn talks about with the two wingers and the fullback going like that to make sure they cover that space. If you don't cover that for the 50-20, they'll take it. But if you do cover it for the 50-22, then it's on out wide. And then you can bring them up. Yeah. And then and then that's what I love about the 50-22 is it's creating opportunities to attack with the ball and with the boot. And, and, and I think it's actually going to be nines that have the best opportunity to get these 50-22s. If you look at Jamison Gibson Park against the All Blacks, he got a beauty. Um, I think it was Brad Weber on the weekend got one. And it's almost like if, if you see that winger up, Bryn, and you can see the fullbacks over there. You know you can just box kick it. Well, you know, flat, one of those tops kicks. Yeah. And, and hopefully it rolls yep. out. And even if it doesn't, you're going to get a good chase line and you'll, you'll catch them in their 22. I definitely find that 50-22 has been, has been a great addition because um, what it does do, it just you've got to, you've got to be on so much, yeah. not just in the front field, but the back field as well. And so what you're talking about, you know, traditionally a lot of the, the fullbacks are pretty much covering the whole the whole field now and so with this 50-22 rule it's really really hard so some teams even now are dropping two back mm-hmm. having a 10 and a 15 back taking away that 50-22 but bringing back to your point getting their short in the, in the front field mm-hmm. so there's only two on each side so you've got the ability to be able to play with the ball in hand and make 20-30 metres because of what the pitches that you've seen so I think they're adapting and seeing what's in front of you is probably going to be the biggest thing and the, the, the team that can do that the best of seeing okay there's two in the backfield or there's one high or there's one spaces the team that has the best ability to do that i think that'll make massive pays around that and like you said uh, like you said Jeff, the nines have a really good play on that and even if like you see continually week to week great weather or whoever it is nagy puts one in the corner okay then we'll send him that way and then we'll go back the other way play it from the eight from the eight they've got such great skill sets yep. go to the left hand side and you put it in that left hand side corner so the variety that they have in that 50 22 um, it's really hard I know defensively we've been talking about a lot how hard it is to defend. So pick your poison. Do you want to be able to go to 50-22 to have a set piece more? Or do you want to give up the back here a little bit more passive defense to then be able to take away that 50 
And as promised, we're going to go now to our special guest, 78 Test Puma Pablo Matera, not just any old player. This is the man who captained the Pumas to beating the All Blacks. Obviously played a huge career. Leicester, Stade Francais, the Juarez, now a Crusader, one of the great loose forwards of world rugby. Thank you very much. Pablo, how are you doing? How are you enjoying Queenstown? Yeah, I'm loving it down here. Uh, I really wanted to to explore a little bit in New Zealand. So I'm glad that, that we came here and with, with the whole team for, for a, a I rugby as well, so really enjoying it at the moment, yeah. Bryn was telling us you, you, you're pretty strong at, um, at training. He's been taken out a few times. Do you, do you love wiping out a halfback at training? Is that one of the, the goals when you go into a Crusaders camp? No, that's not my thing. Uh, he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> Just take it easy. He's too modest. He's too modest, Les. He's too modest. He's, um, he's an absolute beast. So I've been a times. He's just been <laughs> Has it been much different for you? If you go from, say, Juarez or Leicester or Stade Francais or, or Puma's training, how much different is it working in that Crusaders environment? Well, to be honest, uh, rugby-wise, uh, it's quite similar, like the, how we train the units, uh, scrum, line-out. But for me, the big challenge is the rhythm. The rhythm you guys put uh, not just to the rugby but also like to the way you train how fast uh, the transitions are and i think that's a uh, that's my my biggest challenge at the moment to get used to the new zealand rugby uh, rhythm uh, it's obviously the the rugby i love and the rugby i i enjoy playing the most but it's also tough and and, and physical so yeah it's a big challenge for this season You've, you've obviously played Super Rugby for the Hagawares, but playing a New Zealand derby, being part of a New Zealand team, was that a big lift? Yeah, 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 for sure. I think that uh, here, like, mindset-wise, is uh, like preparing a test match every weekend. Uh, every week is uh, is a really tough game. Uh, the opponents are, are, are really, really big teams, so... Yeah, that's that's how how it feels. Uh, a week of preparation here, it feels like a like a test match every weekend. So, yeah, quite big. Obviously, Pablo, we could see you every single day, and um, it was really an emotional moment for you on the weekend. You, know, you spoke after the game of what it felt like on the Houston after the first time, and you said there was a dream of yours to us after the game. I want to delve in a little bit more what it really meant for you to be able to put that Crusader jersey on, going through the whole preseason process. And actually, finally, you know, to put on that music. For for any player in Argentina, like uh, it was impossible to to play for New Zealand rugby. Uh, we always follow New Zealand rugby, and uh, as as young kids, we follow Super Rugby. We follow the All Blacks. Uh, obviously, we, we we want to to play for our country, and that's that's like the the biggest thing ever. But uh, we didn't know that that if playing playing for a New Zealand team was something that could be achievable. And once that we started playing with the Jaguars, the Super Rugby, I saw that that's, uh, that I had made that dream come true. I, I was not able to play New Zealand Rugby, but at least I was playing against them. I was playing the same competition at the same uh, at the same level. So that was something really, really big. And I said like, okay, I, I made my dream come true. And, and then, uh, Made in some research, I started uh, saying like, oh, 
well, it's not impossible to go and play for New Zealand. It's it's quite difficult, to be honest. It's hard. Uh, there was a lot of things that uh, happened and make uh, make my make me have an an opportunity, make the possibility of being here. But uh, yeah, I didn't. Not not even in the in the back of my head was was a chance of, of playing in New Zealand. And obviously, uh, in in the Crusader was like uh, just not something that I that I thought it was possible. So uh, I I signed my contract with the Crusaders in May, and since May, the, a lot of things happened, like uh, the virus, the MIQ, the visa. The, so I, I never thought I never wanted to to like really be happy and say like yeah it's gonna happen until I was really here so yeah it's been a it's been a long road and once once I got to New Zealand I didn't me and my family like we didn't even care about like if we had to do MIQ seven days ten days or whatever or, or we just were so happy to be here and that that things weren't really happening uh, and once we are I started preseason started running around the boys starting to learn the calls starting to really enjoy the rugby like yeah, it's it it it's been a it's been a long journey, and uh, even though I just play one game, uh, I've been dreaming about this like long time ago. Obviously, being in New Zealand and our team doing our haka, you just want to go through how your mo- how your emotions were and how much practice you did for the haka when we all black boys came back. Well, that was really incredible. Like, <laughs> I really wanted to do it. I really wanted to do it the right way. So, yeah. Uh, once Prince uh, sent the video in to, to to all the players, like where they can uh, they can learn it and practice it, I was practicing uh, at home with my son. Uh, my son was looking at me like, "What are you doing?" And, yeah, we were just having, yeah. I was just doing it by myself at home, and I said like, "I really need to do it right. Like this is something powerful." And mm-hmm. and once we do it all together, like even when we were like. Uh, practicing you can yeah you can feel a, a something big like all the energy that 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 provokes it's uh, it's really something awesome like once once uh, i i was coming here and all my i told all my friends and my family and stuff one of the first thing they they asked me was like are you going to do the haka or, or not and i was like i don't i don't know I don't know if I have to do it. If if maybe I I won't do it. Just the guys that are from New Zealand will do it. I, I really know how re, how really how it works. But I'm so happy. I, I was so happy to be part of that. To to uh, to have to learn it uh, now. To to know it like I will never forget it. To be honest, like that's something that I would take uh, with me my whole life. And I suppose you, you sort of touched on it before. The reason you came down here is to be the best player possible. And a lot of that comes down to coaching um, and, and the people you surround yourself. How have you found um, the style of Scott Robinson, Jace Ryan? Have, have you felt a big impact in the short time you've been here? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's it's quite different to, to everything that I was uh, used to it in, in Argentina. Uh, they they are quite really, really emotional and, and they think a lot about the mindset and, and putting uh, putting the player in the right spot, uh, mindset-wise. But I was impressed as how how they they put the detail, like how important every detail is. Something like that can be like very similar, like may, maybe making a pass or just 
making a lift on, on a line now, something that you wouldn't even uh, watch yourself doing it because you know you can do it, but there's a lot you can improve, like in the small things you can improve. And, and every day here is a challenge. Every day they, they are showing you things where you can improve, uh, where you can take your game. So, yeah, I'm, it's, it's, a, it's a big privilege to be here. And, and, and I can't imagine how they how much they work to, to be able to, to sit with every player and and take some time to, to help them improve their game and, and, and become a better player. So, yeah, it's, I'm quite grateful for that. So are those the places that you've, you've improved on, those kind of ball handling skills and the lifting? Is there anywhere else where they've, they've helped you up your game and, and reach levels that you really want to get to? Well, to be honest, uh, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, I've, been, I've been learning a lot, like... I could just speak about the last game and things that I can improve in the last game, like uh, my binding in the scrum. Like when we are like 10 meters from our in goal, maybe having a shorter bind that can make you uh, that can make you uh, get off of the scrum to the defense line faster. And that's maybe just a simple thing that I wouldn't even notice. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just play one game, and and this is just an, a simple example, but. There's there's a lot of things that uh, that they've been telling me since day one, and and, and I've been improving and I've been uh, uh, putting into my game. So yeah, it's, it's it's quite impressive the way they they see rugby and and how how they help you to to become better. Obviously, your connection with the Juarez, the Jaguars, and the Crusaders is kind of an interesting one. You know, you played that 2019 final. You guys had such a wonderful year, and now you're playing for the team that you went up against in that final. Is that a, a bit of an, a strange feeling to know that you know this is the team that you're always looking to knock off, and now you're one of them? Yeah, it's uh, it's strange. There was a, one of the first days we arrived to to Christchurch. We were just exploring around, and and me, my wife, and my kid went to the stadium, not inside, but just drive through and and park. Uh, and it was a really emotional moment because uh, that was like one of the biggest games in, in my life, like the most meaningful games in my life. Uh, and I was there parking outside and now I was part of that team. So I was thinking like, if you would ask me like two years ago when I was here playing the final, like, okay, in two years you're going to be here again with another opportunity trying to to get into another final like it's just unbelievable you know for me it's just like I can't believe I'm, I'm so grateful but uh, yeah it was obviously uh, it was it was an incredible year for us like uh, we didn't we didn't expect nothing we we didn't expect to be in the final we just put a lot of hard work uh, and, and we really made it and Obviously, we wanted to win, uh, and and when I was here, this is another story. But uh, I used to write in a book all the all the all the game plan and the set piece with Argentina. But when I arrived here, there was so much information, and I saw that everyone <laughs> writing their iPads. So I said, oh, maybe I need to come with my iPad because I have to go through information and go back to the last day and come back because I well, there was a lot of things to write. And I was uh, writing in my notes, and I found a letter from uh, 
for, that I wrote it in the plane when I was flying uh, to play the to play against the Crusader the final, and it brought me to that moment. Like it was such an important game. Like it was going to be my last game with the Jaguars because after that I was going to play in France for the Star Francais. So that was my last my last game with the Jaguars playing a play, playing a Super uh, Rugby final against the best team in the competition. Like. Uh, I couldn't ask for anything else. Uh, it was really uh, an incredible opportunity, like an incredible opportunity for Argentina rugby, and maybe the biggest opportunity I ever had. I'm I'm sad we didn't we didn't win, but it was still a lot of learning, and I'm still glad that I had such a big opportunity. And and now being back here, being able to to chase again uh, the chance to play a Super Rugby final, uh, so it's just unbelievable. It, yeah. Those moments can change your life, though, can they? Because there's a good chance that the way that you played in that final affected the way that Scott Robertson thought about you and affected the way that you ended up at the Crusaders. You know, it's all, it all ties together, doesn't it? Yeah, to be honest, yeah. Like, I think, like, I look backwards and I, uh, and I see, like, everything that happens put me in this, in, in this position right now, uh, put me here in New Zealand playing Super Rugby for the Crusaders. So... Yeah, I'm really happy, really happy to to where it it, it brought me and and looking forward to to see like what's gonna happen next. Like really living it day by day, trying to take the most of this opportunity and and learn the most as possible. But yeah, looking forward for to the to the future, to the next games. Now I'm gonna go there because you spoke about that season and um, how good it was for the Hagawaris, but. It obviously flowed on to an opportunity where you guys faced the All Blacks and won for the first time. You speak about big occasions and emotional moments. That must be huge in your career. Yeah, that was huge, really. Like, uh, we know at some point we, we were going to, to beat the All Blacks. Just we, we didn't know when. And and I didn't know if, if, if I was, was going to be there. Like, there's so many players that came before me and, and tried to beat the All Blacks. And... And we're so close. Like we tied once. We tied once 2020, uh, and I think Scott Scott uh, Razor scored a try in the last minute or in the minute 82, and and we tied the game. And that was like the best result we got uh, against the All Blacks. So we say like, and every time we prepare again a game against the All Blacks, we say maybe this is gonna be the day. So we're just gonna go there, put our best, trying to do everything perfect, and maybe this is gonna be the day. So there was a lot of times like uh, maybe I was not fit enough to play, but I was just saying like I need to I need to be I need to play this game. Maybe this is gonna be the time. Uh, and and maybe when when it was less expected because we we went through the COVID and we we hadn't been together training for months and playing rugby for months. Uh, when it was less expected and we didn't have any pressure of result or anything, uh, things just happen and, and, and we, we get our first victory. So, yeah, it was something really big and I'm, I'm really grateful to, to be able to be part of, of the team that, that finally uh, beat the All Blacks. Just a question, just a question, Pablo. Obviously, with being with Argentina and having that result against the All Blacks and then probably last year, probably not reaching those powers that you did the year before, what do you think for Argentinian rugby you need to do as a, as a nation to be able to be more consistent, especially with the Hagwari not being around? 
what do you think yourself being in that environment you guys need to do to be able to get back to where you want to be? I think that Argentina and something that I learned here a lot uh, and I see every day is how you, how you guys uh, think about everything is a process. Everything is a process. Things don't happen from one day to another. Like everything is a process. You need to put hard work. You need to do repetition. You need to build uh, good habits. Uh, you need to work hard. You need to try to improve every day. And that's something that maybe is not in our and I'm talking like uh, in about everything in Argentina. It's not like in our culture, you know. Uh, and it's something we need to work on. Uh, we haven't been like as and talking just about rugby, like we haven't been stable, or, or, or maybe in the last in never, like in the last years. The the first time we were really stable was when we were playing Super Rugby because we played for four years and we mm. played the same competition mm. with with the mm -hmm. more or less the same team for four years. So, and it was a, it was really a process because we started the competition really struggling. We didn't even have a, like, we didn't even know what kind of facilities we needed or if we needed uh, how many uh, physios or how many doctors or how many conditioning trainers. We didn't know anything. We didn't. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You even have a gym the first year. Uh, so it was all learning from one year to another, and every year we, we got better results. From first year to the fourth year that, that we finally made the final, every year we made uh, improvements. But it was all a process, all a process, all about learning, all about getting better. And I think that's the way we need to approach things now. Like I think I know now we we the last uh, three World Cups maybe uh, we change coaches one year and a half or two years before a World Cup, and that's it's hard to 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 really have a process with that, you know. Uh, and I don't want to go too deep into it, but I think that uh, in Argentina, our mindset should be more about process, about learning, about becoming better every day, and not just trying to beat the All Blacks one time, to have a perfect game one time and beat the All Blacks. We need to try to become better from, since, uh, from the last game and better from the last game and step by step. And there's going to be a time where we're going to be a better team and we're going to be able to beat the biggest teams uh, regularly but we need to I, th I need we need to to work on that process and and that's something mm -hmm. that I really enjoy about being here like everything here it's uh, it's about process and becoming better and, and, and learning from from past experience so yeah it's, it's, it's something that I'm that I'm enjoying a lot 
given you for this question then, considering what you've said about process and the four years that the Juarez were around and the way that obviously helped the national team as well, does it break your heart that that team no longer exists? Yeah, it, it really did because I know that there's a lot of a lot of people uh, and, and also a lot of players and, and, and also me that we put a lot of effort into it. And it, it would be great like uh, if after all of that effort, there was still something happening, you know, or if everything that we did was for, for for something like you could now that we did, Jaguars is not uh, in the competition. Every player is playing in different tournaments. Uh, we don't even are playing like the same plan or doing uh, or, or doing the same things we did in Jaguars. It's like everything just from one day to another, boom, explode, is lost. And I think it's a big challenge. Uh, one word that comes to my head is like resilience. I think it's time to start again, uh, start to start building the, those processes. Uh, all together, even even though things are, are, are how it are now, Every, even though everyone is playing a different competition, we still have to to start building uh, our book. How how are we gonna play? How are we gonna play when we get together? Everyone in the same page. It's hard to put everyone in the same page when we are only getting together uh, a week before a game. So we're just. Mm -hmm. Uh, get together on a Monday and on a Saturday we have a game and we, we need to start talking about rugby but there's a lot of things uh, outside rugby like a lot of details of how we do things it's not just okay we're going to do these three line outs and, and these three set pieces and let's go and try and beat them like I, I think there's a lot more a lot a lot more to do to, to be really a, a, a team that can expect to, to win every weekend I think there's a lot more that it needs to be done. Mm. That, that's difficult, especially when you think about the Argentine system where it's amateur and then it's an international. You guys are similar to most maybe to the Pacific Island teams in that way, where there is no step in between, is there? There's just chasing a career for yourself and the country hasn't provided a, anything in between that amateur and that professional level. It, it must be an incredible challenge to try to overcome to be consistent. Yeah, yeah, it's really a big challenge, but it's really easy to, or, or it's the easiest to see all the things that we don't have or all the structure that we don't have <laughs> or the competition. But I think that we need to start focusing on, on what we really have and start building from there. Even though if, if we have to start building from zero or one or two or really low, just start building from there, but keep those steps, make them strong so that we can do another step and another step. But uh, yeah, doing like little step but strong step. I think that's that's how it, our mindset needs to be. Uh, maybe it's gonna it's gonna take some years, uh, but it's gonna take what it's gonna take. But at some point we're we're gonna have to do it because I really believe that the the way of becoming better and more successful is is by the process. So better mm -hmm. start now. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Why don't we get this a little bit positive? It's been a bit, uh, <laughs> been yeah. over the last little bit. Um, favorite player to go up against of all time? Who's your favorite opponent out of any flanker in the world? To go up against uh, Bermulen, Bermulen number eight, uh, South Africa. Oh, wow, yeah. he's he's diff I think he's a bit different. He's so <laughs> yeah, so strong in the in the in the contact, so physical, like. Uh, 
yeah, I think he, now he might be like 33, 34, and he's still like a really strong player. You've been up against him a few times, I take it? Yeah, yeah. I remember one game when we played the Stormers at Newland and Hayden Triggs put one on a snout. That's probably the only time I've seen him go down. <laughs> um, but outside of that, I mean, he, you speak of his age and his performance. He was the guy that got the turnover that allowed South Africa to get that um, come-from-behind victory against the All Blacks. So that he's, he's certainly still performing and, and he's been around the globe. Uh, look, my personal experience... Um, and the hooker, like for me as a, as a Saffir as well, Bismarck Duplessis. When I was really young, I obviously looked up to him, and, and when I got the chance to play him, it was it was uh, definitely formidable on the field. But they're a great family off it as well. I've never seen a chest that big in my life. Like oh, he is the biggest chest. Yeah, I looked like a schoolboy when I came in and seen him my first scrum. I can tell you that for free. <laughs> Brennan, what about you, mate? Um, for me, it's obviously a little bit different, probably not more so the context outside of it, but um, oh, Ferry Dupree was was massive for me growing up. I think Femi Cowan was a big um, advocate for me, well, big for me, sorry, when I was growing up in New Zealand, but I watched Ferry Dupree growing up as a kid, and more so his, his gamemanship and the way that he ran he ran a game, um, especially in that 2007 World Cup. He was um, at the focal point of that South African team, and especially in that Bulls time when they went back to back to the Super Rugby Championship, which I'm going to stay running cutter 9 10, so... When I actually got a chance to play against him as well, I was um, I was in awe at that, that moment and didn't want to get the centre from him because I was a little bit too scared. But um, yeah, probably the food degree and the way that he had to go He kind of set a benchmark, didn't he, for number nines running the game? Like when it was always considered that the nine was the guy who gave it to the ten. Sort of similar to Nick White now, eh, Bruin? Yeah, he was. But I think he, um, he had a really good um, ability to win. Oh, what do you think? You talk about big moments in games of big time players through the career did that in the big games whether that be a World Cup final semi-final or a final for the Bulls or whatever team he's part of he always seemed to be the guy that was um, in and around uh, making the biggest decisions with the biggest outcomes in games and that's the, big, that's the biggest thing with big time players the big games they are by the focal point of it so for me um, he, threw the three. he was, was a great halfback and um, you know, it was very, very lucky to watch him with play Pablo, what about the player that you based your game on? Was there a guy you watched growing up and you were like, that is who I'm going to be like? Not one that I said, like, I, I want to be exactly like, I want to be exactly like him, but there was a couple. Uh, Pierre Spice from South Africa, he was a guy that I, I really look into it, the way he played rugby. He came from the winger, coming to play uh, as a flanker or number eight. Also, uh, Jerry Collins, uh, that guy was so tough. Like, <laughs> I wanted to be, yeah, maybe I want. that's the one I wanted to be just like him. Uh, he was tough, physical, he could carry the ball, he could play six, eight. Uh, yeah, that was uh, one of the, the guys I, I, I watched the most. There was also uh, a New Zealand uh, player, Isaac Ross. He, uh, he was big, he was, he was very... Uh, had a lot of skills as well, so yeah, I watched him a lot. There was a couple, to be honest, there were quite a couple. Obviously, Richie McCaw, he was more or less like the perfect player. He did everything at such a good level, like even lineouts. He was good at lineouts, even though he was not the main option. He was good at lineouts. He was good at everything. So, yeah, there's quite a few, quite a few that I've been watching and and and, and trying to to be a, a, a similar in aspects of their game. 
So were you a bit of a code head as a kid? Would you sit down in the morning or whenever the games are on in Argentina and you just watch everything and take in all of these games that were being played? Yeah, we, we tried to, to, to watch a lot of Super Rugby and obviously we played a lot of, a lot of PlayStation and uh, there you have like the Crusaders or the you or you pick or the Crusaders or the Chiefs and obviously New Zealand, England or, or, or maybe South Africa and yeah, start watching the players. There was a player that had like a, a star above them and those are the kind of players that uh, yeah, you watch them and, and in Argentina uh, we, we, we watch uh, a lot of rugby to be honest. Uh, we still watch a lot of rugby. Uh, now, even though the, the, the Jaguars are not in the competition, like there's a lot of rugby in, in, in the TV. So, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of what we did in, in weekends. It was, all, it was also good that it was really early. So maybe when I was young, you wake up really early and you got these New Zealand games going on. And, uh, yeah, it was quite incredible. That's awesome. Brent, do the players still play a lot of rugby on the PlayStation on tour? Like, do you, or is it, is it FIFA and all these other games? Do they play rugby at all and like play with themselves or play with opponents? I just don't think the rugby games have really got um, anything on that Rugby 08. I think the graphics and how they played and had that set up Rugby 08 was, was the game. That's what obviously Pablo's talking about with the stars and that, but no, not more so. No, I just don't think they've got it right, and so not many of the boys play the rugby games. I think some of them guys are a little bit vain. I won't, won't bring names into it, but um, they do like to play as themselves um, with the new technology and the new games that are being played. But um, these young kids these days, man, they're into Fortnite, COD, um, NBA, 2K and all that kind of stuff, and that's just way past me now. So maybe Pablo might have a little more info on that. I'm well over, I'm well over that now. Listen to this guy, the veteran, eh? Oh, these mate, kids. can't believe these young kids. <laughs> yeah. Like, mate, I remember a few no, years just... back we had Jonah Loma Rugby in the team room for Harbour, and you were right in the mixer. <laughs> Oh, that's when I was a young Thundercat dripper. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was only two years ago, but yeah. <laughs> no, the last, the last good uh, PlayStation uh, rugby game was the Rugby 2008. After yeah. that, mm, nothing. It was nothing like that. No. To be honest, I, I played some rugby in the PlayStation on, on, this, on this tour, uh, and it's not, it's not good. <laughs> This is the way that we need to make our money, the Aotearoa Rugby Pod, um, PlayStation, Xbox game. I think Rugby 08 was EA Sports too. EA Sports needed it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. EA yeah. Sports. It's in the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the game. <laughs> nice. It's in the game. <laughs> hey, before we, we leave you, Pablo, tell us a little about settling into Christchurch. I hear that there's a pretty strong Argentine community down there. Were they knocking on the door and delivering food? Like, What's it been like settling in there with the local Argentine community? Well, to be honest, when when we moved from Paris to Christchurch, uh, the only time I've been in Christchurch was when we played against the... It was twice that we played against the Crusaders here. Uh, and we didn't do... We didn't did much. We just stayed in a in a hotel in the city centre and we always played, like, near June or May, so it was always cold. So I told my... I, I, I've been telling my wife before arriving, like, hey, you need to know that we are going to... a very little town. Uh, there's not going to be a, a, a lot of things to do like in Paris, but we're going to have a lot of fun and we're going to enjoy it. And when we when I arrived here and started exploring, I, I realized it's a lot bigger than what I thought. And there's a lot of things to do. And it's a, a lovely place. Like you got a lot of nature. You got a lot of open space, parks. You got the beach. You got the mountains. 
So yeah, I I was lucky. I arrived like a month before the preseason started, so I was able to, like, to explore a lot and to do a lot of activities like mountain biking, beating the surfboard. Uh, I really enjoyed my time a lot, and my wife also, and my son, he's going to preschool now and making friends and mm-hmm. starting to to talk a little bit of English too, uh, some Kiwi accent. So yeah, it's been a it's 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 given me a lot more than what I expected, and and we are really loving it uh, here in Christchurch, and also. I, I'm amazed by how many Argentinians are here. Like I, I don't even know how they they made to 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 stay here. I thought there were some rules, but I, I don't want to go too deep into that. But <laughs> it was really, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, incredible. Like I think I, I'm gonna like on a Facebook uh, uh, a Facebook page. Uh, it's like Argentinians in Christchurch, and we are like thousands. I don't know how many we are. Uh, we must be like two or three thousand and. Yeah, you can find anything there, like anything, anything. If you need help with whatever, uh, you can uh, have it there. And there are also like Argentinian restaurants in Christchurch. I also, I've been there. Uh, they sent me some some Argentinian meat as well. Uh, I received an Argentinian barbecue from one from one Argentinian guy, a really nice guy as well. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we are a lot. We are, we are, we are lots of Argentinian in Christchurch. I haven't met all of them, they tried me to invite me and make me part of a football team, a soccer team. And and they said, me, we played on Mondays. And I said, no, on Mondays I have to train. I can't play soccer. <laughs> but they have, a, they have a team that they are playing football uh, and it's all Argentinians. So I said, how many of us are here? This is unbelievable. Yeah, so I, I, I'm really impressed by how many. I just uh, hope that at some point, uh, they can come and watch a game because uh, I know they're gonna be loudy and they're gonna be lots of them. Because yeah, it's really it's really uh, big uh, for Argentina that, that I'm playing here Super Rugby and also for the obviously for the Argentinian and Latino community that that lives in New Zealand and in and in, Arge- in, in Christchurch. So. Yeah. So you don't want to be telling your teammates you've had an asado barbecue delivered. Everyone's <laughs> going to be around there every week. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, once once we're back, I'm, I'm going to make sure I make a proper Argentinian asado to, to show the guys. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Hey, <laughs> Bryn, you're bringing them just, just the Fords, Bryn, just the Fords, mate. Oh, don't worry, mate. I'm half, I'm half forward, half back, mate. So I'll be there, mate. <laughs> no, no one calls him the half forward. <laughs> There's a reason for that. Augie <laughs> Pulu's a half forward. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pablo, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate your time. All the best for the rest of the season with the Crusaders. And also, when uh, I suppose rugby championship comes around. All the best with that as well. You know, are we hoping that you don't get that next one against your blacks? Probably. That's <laughs> three are probably. <laughs> probably but, <laughs> but all the best with it all the same. Okay, guys, thank you very much. I really enjoyed the chat and, and have a great time. So thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Thank, thank you. you. Now, one of the other major pieces of news this week in the rugby world is where on earth the Springboks are going to end up in 2025. Chipper, do you see them leaving the rugby championship? Well, personally, I hope not. Um, because of you know the history we have, and um, I, I suppose the best example of it is you know in our chat talking about our most feared 
um, opponent or the person that we uh, enjoyed coming up against the most were all spring uh, Springboks or you know South African Super Rugby players. So I think that shows the the level of um, admiration and respect we have for their, their brand of footy. Um, and I, I believe it's speculation at this stage. So um, my my hope will be that they remain in the rugby championship. Will it be a major problem for Southern Hemisphere rugby? I mean, can they carry on and still be good without the Springboks involved if they go to the Six Nations? I, th- I think it'll be a massive loss for us. I think, you know, you even talk about the rivalry and, you know, the kind of history that we've had with Springboks over the years. Um, you know, it's, it's a massive game for us. You think of them, they're our, they're our foe. Um, we, when we talk about Test rugby, when it comes to the All Blacks. But I think if you look at the Six Nations at the moment, there's probably five teams that can win that competition. You know, obviously, Italy are uh, struggling a little bit, but you look at the level of the consistency of Test matches in the Six Nations that you play in every single week. Um, it's a doozy of a game, and it's had that, it's a high level about it. And if we lose the Springboks, you know, unfortunately, we're going to lose that kind of credibility and lose that ability to play against high tier nations and playing at that intensity level. That I think we need to be able to play consistently to, to evolve and to get better as, as a nation. You know, like I said, look at the Six Nations at the moment. You'd like to think that probably that's the, that's probably um, where the best rugby's been played at the moment in the Six Nations, just through how they're playing at the moment. And you look at the European tour last year with how successful they were against the, the Southern Hemisphere team. So um, I think it'll be massively um, tough for us if we, if we lose. And like Jip said, I hope it's just speculation and they continue to be um, in the rugby championship moving forward, not just for the short term, but long term as well. Can you understand why South Africa might do this? Well, I suppose the time zone thing, travel, all those, those sorts of... Um, Factors, yeah, I suppose money does play a part into it. Of course, why, like that's, it is a business these days. So, um, but I hope it. Um, I just hope it doesn't. Like I don't know if it is or it isn't, or um, the the reasons they're looking at it. Um, I'm not too sure, but I just, man, yeah, I'll be devastated. But it would open up, you know, glass half full, the the them to tour in that June series and have the old school. Three, three match test matches or you know there potentially might be opportunity for us to go the other way I don't know yeah would that be possible I mean we haven't got a global season in place yet and we've, we've yeah but like we've got that. Ireland coming this, yeah. this series so I'm just saying if they're yeah. joining the Six Nations there's no reason because if they're not part of the rugby championship there's no reason yeah. that they could be but it won't be every year will it no but I suppose the Irish have that advantage of most of their players play at home whereas the Springboks have got players who are going to be playing all over the place so whether they can get players down here the way we see with the French when they come down in June and for That's the first true. week or so yeah. it's not the French team mm. it's the B team mm. and I just worry that without a global calendar, this will leave us without playing a decent Springboks team outside of World Cups. Bring on the global calendar then. <laughs> bring on the global <laughs> calendar because it's a problem. Look, that's exactly it. That's exactly You've got to bring on the global calendar so we can be able to have those kind of test matches. And so I think, like we've said, hopefully this is speculation and you know they continue to stay here. But again, if that does happen, you've got to be able to um, adapt and be able to get how do we get many There's been some, some really good stuff in the Six Nations without them. This weekend we've got Scotland, France, England, Wales and Ireland, Italy. It is a close tournament. It could go any way after two rounds. Um, you guys are put together as part of Rugby Pass's dream team, your dream teams. Let's start looking at your Six Nations dream teams, in particular a couple of places. What do you see as the dream 9-10 combination? And there are a lot of options there coming out of the Six Nations. 
Oh, I've, I've gone, I found this hard because I think Jamo's playing, Jamison Gibson-Park's playing some great footy, but I, the reason why I went with DuPont and Intermark is purely for that try that was set up for DuPont um, against the Irish. And, and, and I'm going to go back to my NRL analogy of um, Damien Cook and um, Walker. Is it Walker? No, Cody Walker, yeah, yeah. And, and how they run off mm. each other and they can read that game and they punch the gap flat. They know when to hold their feet. It was no different with these guys. Is Intermark really just knows when to inject, and and Dupont has that ability to get that ball, and then they just—it's like they're in synergy with each other. And, and I just see them on the back of what their forwards are doing, are just sort of unmatched at the moment, really, in terms of that mm. that complete package at nine and ten. Yeah, I've gone exactly the same. I've gone Intermark and, and Dupont. Uh, you know how much bad that I have for Dupont, and where he's taken the half that game. Um, it's tremendous. Uh, seen the developments not just this year, but coming into the World Cup, especially in France. But um, I think Jamison, yeah, like you said, I think he's a guy that's um, come on leaps and bounds in, in the last 12 months. And they look at that all-black test and how influential he was in, the, in that game. And then I think even in the first two matches, he's been um, probably the, the DNA of how how successful Ireland have been. Because you talked about lightning before. Jamison's been able to do that at a high level. And so it's probably taking that Ireland game, talk about the face by shape and their attack, comes on the back of Jamison and has got to be able to play lightning for the ball and be able to snipe in and around those those up hard defenders like he did against France where he scores that try. So I've gone to Pont and, um, and uh, Intermac, but uh, I think Jamison's definitely in that conversation. Smith, Smith, was in the, sure. Smith was in my thinking as well, mate. Do, do you agree? Like, I, I actually think he's, he's had second. a really he's good second. start. And the only reason I'm not talking about Finn Russell is probably the yellow card. Outside of that, he's been pretty good as well. Um, but because they, you know, they had that big win against England, then they, you know, lost to Wales. Probably that, and and England obviously losing to Scotland. But you know, I, th- I think Marcus Smith is, is definitely in the conversation. But man, I, I really rate Intermark. I think he's he is. Yeah. yeah. It's just hard to separate those two. You couldn't pick one without the other. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're yeah. picking a dream team, you almost need, um, you know, like yeah. a Gibson Park and Sexton. You know that sort of um, mm. um, idea. So yeah. that's why I went with it. Chipper, I like I like how you said that, mate, because that goes in perfectly for my one, two, three, mate. How good are the Ireland one, two, and three? Oh, mate, it's just they they put their names in there themselves, don't they? I mean, I'm a big furlough. Are I, they? I, I reckon Tag Furlough is one of the best players in the world at the moment. Honestly, he is just unbelievable. Like his skill set, yeah. his core roles, man. Mm. Simple things. They're simple things done so well, but yeah. man, they're not easy to do. Not easy to do. Yeah, I think their their decision making and, and their and their skill set around you know we talk around the face play shape and the ability of having tip balls or hook balls out the back. Everyone has got a six and or a ten at the line. Their decision making of who they're hitting, where that ball's going to, every single time it's in the right place at the right time. It's leading really well for their face play attack on and we talked about it consistently. Every single time they send their, their face play check, they're asking questions and they're making the right decisions. It's really hard for defence at the moment to be able to, um, to consistently uh, make good decisions defensively. But in that face play, it's them staying square down the field. Like, mm-hmm. Tove Furlong's hits are square and every time when he gives a pass, he's square. Even if he goes out the back to the 10, he's square. He never, you know, so as a defender, if my hips are square... You're not drifting out there into someone else's tackle zone. You're not drifting into your um, forward tip player's um, hole. 
you're staying square, you're locking everyone, everyone runs their role. I'll tell you who did it really well on the weekend was Ollie Jaeger. Ollie Jaeger did it really well. Sam Whitelock ran a beautiful line into the hole, committed, I think it was Asafa Amur, and Flanders was left out. They went to Will Jordan, and that's when Leicester scored his first try. It's exactly like that. And, and, and it's so much harder than you know to run square and hold your line so it creates space for others. But Furlong just does it time and time again. Brody did it as well with that flick out the back. He had two defenders come at him because he was going straight. And yeah, that was like just freak. <laughs> skill. <laughs> I'm talking more basic. That's why he gets paid. Yeah. That's why he gets paid big. That's why Brody gets paid the big bucks. They remind me of that lying. time against the Wallabies, you know, when he did the big draw and pass. Yeah, yeah. Went through the dummy and went. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, um, yeah, very reminiscent of the big fella hanging out there. This coming weekend, Super Rugby, Highlanders versus Crusaders. Highlanders at home. Crusaders obviously favourites with the bookies everywhere they go. Where do you see this one going? I'll, I'll go the Crusaders. I think they sh- showed enough. We did have this conversation this time last year around discipline, and Bryn promised there'd be improvement, but it took about four weeks. So I'm, I'm feeling Razor would have run a hard, hard uh, ruler over a few, few uh, penalties, and, and they'll be better. They won't be giving so many opportunities, I don't think, this week. Please just say you back your team, mate. <laughs> I'll, back, I, I, I'll back my team. Great. I think Great. hopefully. <laughs> we've, got, we've got another how many weeks of this? Uh, oh, no. Just this? own it. Can you just say, yeah, Crusaders, move on. <laughs> yeah, Next one. Yeah, yeah. That should be his quick fire question. <laughs> okay. We're not talking about the Crusaders. Move on to the next one. Um, okay. Blues versus Hurricanes. Bryn? It's in Dunedin, just been moved to Dunedin, eh? Saturday night. Good prep. Uh, I will go... you got to go Blues. Yeah, I'll, go. I'll go Blues. That's pretty good then. Crusaders uh, 2-0. and uh, And the, the Blues probably with their first win. Hopefully. Uh, this show's going to be a relatively happy one next week. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. So, of course, as ever, catch all of this rugby on Sky Sport. All of the reaction to this on rugbypass.com, all of the talking points, both in Northern and Southern Hemisphere rugby. From me, Ross Carl, James Parsons here in the Auckland studio, down in the Queenstown bubble, the Crusaders, Bryn Hall, looking for more switch plays this weekend from Bryn so we can play more of that action the following weekend. Thanks very much for joining us once again on the Aotearoa Rugby Pod here. We'll catch you next week. Matewa. 